Hey everybody, this is Karis Frigi, and this is a daily devotional podcast where I will read a portion of scripture, a new one every day, and then share some thoughts that I've written on it. I hope it encourages you. Good morning, everybody. Today is April the 16th, and we are going to read Acts chapter 11, and then I'll share a few thoughts afterwards. So here we go. Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 1, says, The apostles and the believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, You went into the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them. Starting from the beginning, Peter told them the whole story. I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners, and it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, and birds. And then I heard a voice telling me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, Surely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. And then it was all pulled up to heaven again. Right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house and say, Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, So then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So I love this chapter because I see in it the activated church arising. This chapter is a little bit like looking down on a busy anthill. 
Everyone has a job to do and is occupied doing it, cheerfully scurrying here and there, carrying their gifting and their calling and their little loaves and fishes to and from the church and out into the watching world. This is productivity at its finest. There is no lazy church pew with lolling heads and bleary eyes. This is fully engaged, lamps burning, eyes shining, alert action. This is the dream for the church. Never did Jesus say for us to sit around while the truly spiritual do the works of God. Never did he delegate one man to busily supply the rest of us with food and drink and spiritual sustenance. It's us. We are called into action. We are given jobs to do. We are meant to be totally engrossed in this kingdom business. No sideline Christians politely waiting for the real players to be injured before they step into the game. The harvest, Jesus says, is plentiful. It still is. The laborers, he says, are few. The laborers are laboring. We are meant to do the works he did in the ways he did. No need for someone to tap you on the shoulder and say, tag, you're it. The minute you say yes to Jesus, you get put in the game, and it is the greatest occupation of a lifetime. Nate Saint, who was a missionary who died in the early 1950s, says, People who do not know the Lord ask why in the world we waste our lives following Jesus. They forget that they too are spending their lives, and when the bubble has burst, they will have nothing of eternal significance to show for the years they have wasted. I love Hebrews 12, verses 12 through 13 in the message. It says, So don't sit around on your hands, no more dragging your feet. Clear the path for long-distance runners so no one will trip and fall, so no one will step in a hole and sprain an ankle. Help each other out and run for it. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I am surprised at how Acts is really firing me up on the insides. And I love that in Acts, there is no clear hero. I think I've read Acts several times. And when I do, I, I tend to think of it as like Paul's story. But as I'm reading this chapter by chapter with y'all, I'm realizing this there really is no hero in the book of Acts. It might become about Paul in the coming chapters, but it is about the church. It's about the acts of the church done in accordance with the will of God. And it's exciting to me because as we're living in this age, it's so tempting to think that we have these um, spiritual giants and heroes that are leading huge movements or leading huge churches, and they're the ones that are really doing the work. But honestly, that is not, I don't think, God's perspective. I think it is much more that Ant Hill perspective. He has jobs for each one of us to do, and if we will get in the game, we will find that there is an occupation and a place for each one of us. And so that's what I'm praying, is that as you read the book of Acts, it makes you want to get in the game in whatever way you can. And I think he's going to give us wisdom together to know how to do it, to not sit around on our hands like that Hebrews 12 says, but to get busy, to get working, and to spend our lives for Jesus. You know, Nate Saint was one of the missionaries who was speared to death by the Alka Indians in the early 1950s along with Jim Elliott. And when I read that quote of his, I was just so struck thinking how he spent it all. And he's not in heaven sad that he spent it on Jesus. Um, and we all are spending our lives. And I just have been challenged to look at how I'm spending my time, to look at how I'm spending my thoughts and how much of it is going to actually bring a reward with it. 
Um, And it's hard to think that way when we get so engrossed in our daily lives. But that is the challenge before us is to maintain what is the reward ahead of us. How do we want to spend our days when we stand before God? What will we have to show for the hours that we've been given? And I don't want to be ashamed on that last day. And I don't want you to be either. So I, uh, I hope that puts a fire in your belly today to live with purpose and intention, um, knowing God and making him known to other people. Have a great day. We will read Acts chapter 12 tomorrow.